Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Faithful UK Show. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. Today I'm joined by both Paul Hope and Gareth Ellis and we're going to be previewing the NFC Championship game. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hi Lee, hi Gareth, alright? Yeah good, hi Lee, hi Paul. Good. For a second there, I thought you'd gone. <laughs> we're, we're both being polite. Right. Didn't want to talk over each other. Okay. I mean, Nadji introducing himself first, to be fair. That, that's what it was. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Nadji can't uh, make it tonight. Uh, he's busy for the next few nights, and he might not even get to see the NFC Championship game. So, you need to have some sympathy with him there, because he might be working. Yeah, totally. Okay. With it being the NFC Championship game... Do either one of you have anything special planned? Uh, I'm I foolishly booked uh, a work trip away to the Netherlands, so I'm going to be in Amsterdam next Sunday night. Um, there's obviously there's an hour time difference, so it doesn't start till one uh, forty, I think it is twelve forty. Yeah, whatever the hour difference is, um, and I know that I'll need to catch a train at about eight thirty. Uh, from Amsterdam to somewhere else so I'm I have looked there is a Belushi's in Amsterdam which right. may be like showing the game um, but I'm going to see what the Wi-Fi is like in my hotel first um, and if I can get away with that I think I'll, I'll need to be a good boy because I'll, I've got a full next two days of work um, uh, out at a place in, uh, in the Netherlands so uh, my fault um, didn't really think about it in December um, didn't think to look at the championship game dates um, so yeah something a bit different I suppose I just hope the Wi-Fi is good if not I'll have to go to the pub so correct us if I'm wrong but you're a single guy in Amsterdam have you got anything special planned if we win <laughs> like I said uh, a, a train journey the next day at 8 30 is looming uh, looming large uh, I am traveling with a colleague of mine um I think he, he again was like, mm, we don't really need to go out. We've got an early start. So um, I will see how we feel, I think, when we arrive there. I hope that maybe I might be able to get a couple of hours kip in the um, between arrival and, say, about midnight. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it from there. Um, but I am, I am making this, obviously, a permanent recording uh, for my project partners if I'm a, a bit like a zombie on Monday morning. <laughs> So, Paul, are you going anywhere exotic? Sadly, nowhere exotic. I'll be watching at home. However, NFL Sundays, I tend to be the host. So I've got a few friends coming around who have all been told under no circumstances I'd like to support anybody but the 49ers on Sunday. One of them being a Cowboys fan. You can imagine that's gone down quite well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, he actually hates Aaron Rodgers more than he hates us. So he's quite on board with that. See, I don't get the whole Aaron Rodgers hate thing. I, I think he's an excellent quarterback. I love to watch him play. Um, I, I certainly loved watching him uh, get sacked by us in November. Um, after all these years, wanting to actually see him play live, it, it was actually a little bit of a disappointment <laughs> to see how poorly he played on that uh, on that game. But yeah, I, I, I like watching Aaron Rodgers. I think he's an exciting quarterback to watch. 
yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think he's fun to watch and make no judgments about what he's like, perhaps off the field or, um, you know, issues with his previous coach and stuff. Uh, he's, he's exciting. I just hope he has a really bad game Sunday. Yeah, I think we're all hoping he has a really bad game Sunday. What about yourself, Lee? Any plans for Sunday? Anything exciting? No, so unfortunately, um, because I still have uh, kids at uh, school and college and my wife works in a school, I'm going to have to be quite muted with my celebrations during the uh, the championship game. I'm not sure if I can do that, of course, um, but I'll have to try. So no, I'm just going to be watching it at home, um, obviously partaking in the, the game day thread. Um, as and when I can. Sometimes I just get lost in the game and completely forget about the game day thread. Uh, but it's it's good to share the experience with fellow 49er fans, whether it be across Facebook or whatever whatever the avenue is for doing that. So, yeah, nothing special planned. I'm saving that for the Super Bowl and obviously the meetup. Okay, so there has been some comparison made between the journeys of both Bill Walsh and Kyle Shanahan. Both started their tenure with two losing seasons before they both ended their third season as 13-3 and three teams. Both teams also met their NFC Championship opponents earlier in the, earlier in the regular season. Um, back in 81, we dominated the Cowboys in a Week 6 clash at Candlestick, coming out 45-14 winners, but then edged past them in the NFC Championship game, a game that will forever be known for the catch. This season, we dominate the Packers in Week 12 at Levi's, handing out a comprehensive beatdown 37-8. And it was a game that saw Aaron Rodgers post his worst stats of his career. I think if history repeats itself, we could be in for a very nervous ending to the game. So, the head-to-head, Green Bay lead the series 36-31 with one tie. Seven of those games coming in the postseason and Green Bay edging that series 4-3. And we've only met once in the NFC Championship game, and that was back in 1998, when the Packers came out on top 23-10. This game was played at Candlestick, or as it was called at the time due to sponsorship, 3Com Park. Um, and it, the, the score suggests it wasn't as close as it actually was. So the one by 13 points, but it was a lot closer in reality. When you look at the regular season stats, they're very much skewed in the 49ers' uh, favour, but by a large margin. You look at the Packers and it's average all the way down in each different category. The only category where we are very similar is actually on the passing offence. And believe it or not, the 49ers are better than the Packers. So we are ranked 13th with an average of 237 yards and they're ranked 17th with an average of 233 yards again. So what I want to talk about first is the comparison between the two quarterbacks because that's obviously going to be made by everybody leading up this game. Every time you see a single advertisement for the game, a single post or a post, whatever it is, it's always Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has that X factor. He's got a ring. We know he's an elite quarterback. And... You look at what's been said about Jimmy, Jimmy's still getting no love whatsoever. So if we take this season, this regular season only, as a comparison between the two, because that's what you need to be doing at this stage of the season. How have they played this season? 
making the comparison there rather than career because you can hardly say Jimmy's had a career with one season starting. So as well as using the NFL.com ratings and stats, which are a bit vanilla and a bit lightweight, I've also took about on football outsiders and, and used a much better stat, which is DVOA. Um, and that basically gives you a percentage of how better or worse the average quarterback the quarterback is over the average quarterback. Um, and it, it's geared towards more value per player rather than more value in total. But the next stat, the, the DER, which is Defense Adjusted Yards Above Replacement, this basically gives you the ranking for the quarterback with total value based on several game factors. Um, you, you can read more about that if you go to the Football Outsiders website. It's interesting to read it, and it gives you a better stat because it takes into consideration different game scenarios, play scenarios, whether or not the receiver has dropped a perfectly catchable ball. So it doesn't penalise the... Um, the quarterback in that respect, whereas the, the normal quarterback rating that you find on NFL.com, he'll be penalised for a wide receiver dropping a pass because it's an incompletion. So when you look at the two, the two quarterbacks, almost identical yards over the season, Aaron Rodgers, 4,002 yards, Jimmy Garoppolo, 3,978 yards. So there's only 24 yards difference in, in the two of them. Um, Jimmy's got the better completion percentage, 69.1, as opposed to Aaron's 62%. Um, but when you look at where that ranks them as a quarterback, Jimmy's ranked fifth on uh, completion percentage, whereas Aaron Rodgers is ranked 26th. So that, that, that's a huge difference, but it doesn't look like it on paper. If you have a look at the other stats, again, very, very similar other than interceptions. So Rodgers has got 26 touchdowns, Jimmy's got 27. Rodgers has four interceptions, Jimmy's got 13. Jimmy's rating is 102 over the regular season, which ranks him at eighth. And Aaron Rodgers is 95.4, ranked at 13th. So they're looking very similar there. Next, we go on to QBR, which is another type of uh, quarterback rating. And this one's a slightly better one than the NFL's rating. So you look at Jimmy, he's ranked 12th. Aaron Rodgers is actually ranked 20th, believe it or not. So there's a bit of a bit of a bigger difference there. Now, the important start has come where comes where you look at DVOA and DR. So DVOA, better than the average quarterback. So the ranking Aaron Rodgers as 13th overall better than the average quarterback. He's got a, a plus value of 9.8% better than the average quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is 11.2% better than the average quarterback, and he's ranked 11th, which is two places higher. So he's, he's coming out on top again there. Now we go on to DER, which is the one that uh, really sets the quarterbacks apart. And this is where you see why Aaron Rodgers is elite, or why they call him elite. So he's ranked 8th. So... That's a figure of 796. I'm, I'm not quite sure how the points rack up, but that's what his rating is for the defense-adjusted yards above replacement. For comparison, believe it or not, the number one-ranked quarterback is Dak Prescott, and his points total is 1,546. Now, on the other end of the scale, we've got the last-ranked quarterback and this is with quarterbacks over 200 um, attempts or 200 completions 
And that is Dwayne Haskins, and he's got a figure of minus 466. So when you look at DER, we've got uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's ranked 8th. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's ranked 12th. But those four spaces, those four places, are only separated by 59 points. So when you look, the top-ranked player has 1,500, and the bottom-ranked player has minus 500. There's 2,000 points. And these two are only separated by 59 points. So they've been playing on a similar level this season. It doesn't mean that they're as good as each other. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is this season they've performed identical. So it should make for an interesting game from a quarterback battle point of view. Have you got any thoughts on how you see that going between the two quarterbacks? Um, okay, I'll, uh, I'll I'll leap in there while while Paul's snoozing. Um, I actually think it's it's going to actually come down to which O line keeps them up and keeps them 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 flowing. Um, I think that's going to be more important. You've you've just nicely laid out there how their stats say they're very even. I think Aaron Rodgers has been clearly been a bit up and down. It hasn't been uh, one of his vintage season seasons. Um, and it could even be said that he's uh, he's on the slide, whereas I think, uh, uh, you know, Jimmy has got better and better all season. Just looking at Jimmy's interceptions there, there were, I think, didn't he throw at least one a game for the first sort of six games? So I did, so, I did look into this because I was interested in that stat as well, because I thought he threw the majority of them in the first half of the season. Yeah. As it turns out, he threw seven in the first eight games and six in the last eight games. So it was quite even. And they were evenly spread throughout the season. Although in in the first eight games, I think there was three games where he threw them game after game, three consecutive yeah, games. Yeah. So I think Jimmy's got better overall throughout the season. I th- he hasn't had to have those standout games, but I think that's that's due to other factors. Really, uh, he hasn't needed to. Whereas you always get the feeling with with Green Bay. They're going to look to Rogers to to dig them out of any hole that they get into, and I think that's that's something that's not on the stats there. It's the fact that Rogers is it always seems to be dangerous, even when he's having a poor game. Uh, you can never switch off. He'll he'll throw incompletion, incompletion, seventy yard touchdown. Um, you know, can we see? Can can Jimmy do that? I think Jimmy's up for it, um, but I I think it comes down to the players around them. I think the quarterbacks are pretty evenly matched. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you mentioned that about uh, Rogers about having to win the game because when you look at his support and cast around him, he's got Devontae Adams. He's a very good uh, wide receiver, but other than that, it's fairly lightweight. And you would expect if the Packers were to win this game, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to do the vast majority of this by himself, and, and that's a tough ask going up against our D line. In fact, it's a tough ask going up against the whole of the defense. Never mind just the D line. Now that we're all fit again. So, yeah, that, that's a big ask. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo, he can rely on our three different running backs who take the load off. We, we've got George Kittle, who's always a safe pair of hands. Debo has proven to be an absolute uh, fantastic acquisition from the draft. He's just grown and grown and grown all the way through the season. He gets better with the, each game. So, J- Jimmy, for me, has got the better support and cast than what Aaron Rodgers does. And therefore, I don't think the pressure will actually be on Jimmy as much. Because the the other thing we need to take into consideration, off the field, we've got Kyle Shanahan. And to me, I, I think he's the, the best offensive mind currently in the NFL. 
I'd, I'd agree. I think he, he knows uh, Matt Lafleur as well. Uh, and I think in these tight championship games, if teams are evenly matched, it is potentially going to come down to, to the play calling, the strategy and the coaching. Um, and I think Shanahan has, has clearly got the edge there. Um, and I think maybe I'm being a bit unfair to Lafleur, but uh, I think the, the difference between Shanahan and Lafleur is greater than the difference between Rodgers and Garoppolo. So uh, if you want to sort of add those those two sort of things together, um, I think the coach and quarterback pair we have um, uh, should more than edge uh, what Green Bay have got to offer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thoughts, Paul? Yeah, yeah no, I would agree. Um, listening to you go through the stats and similar to what Gareth's saying, you look at our team as a whole, I'm going to say the same as you, Lee. I'm not going to sit here and say Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback. Um, obviously, since we knew we were playing the Packers, I've gone back and watched the game from week 12. I've obviously had a lot of the NFL on this week. And again, we're coming in as the underdogs and I'm not quite sure why people are uh, going against us. I definitely believe that Green Bay are going to be slightly better than the Vikings. But like you've said, Rodgers has got to go against our whole defence. And I don't believe we will need to put the game in Jimmy's hands. I think the defence will be the difference maker on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think the defence is definitely going to be the difference maker on Sunday night. So another interesting start that I've pulled out, not necessarily about both quarterbacks, but I will give you the same start for both quarterbacks. And that is um, DPI, so where the quarterback draws the defensive pass interference flag and how many yards they got for it. So Aaron Rodgers has managed to actually draw defensive pass interference 12 times, which gained the Packers 206 yards. Jimmy's done it 10 times for 116 yards. So it's it's going to be good to keep a tally of how many flags we get for defensive pass interference on Sunday, as Rodgers is the best at it, or has been the best at it this season. The defence this season has been called for def- defensive pass interference 11 times during the regular season and this has actually cost us 198 yards. During the game in week 12 against the Packers, we were actually only flagged twice for pass interference and both of those were short, yeah, relatively short yardage. Um, I, th- I think we ended up giving up 30 yards for that and that was all it was. So with all the conspiracy theories being posted online, and taking into account what we've just discussed about the pass interference, what are your expectations of the referees? I am worried about it on Sunday. Um, not because of any conspiracy theory. It's a big game. Everything's going to be scrutinised. I hope it doesn't come down to something like that. But it is something that I am worried about ahead of Sunday's game. I'm not sure how you two feel about it. Yeah, I think it's 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 those defensive pass interferences that are, you know, to be fair to the referees, are often very difficult to call. Uh, I certainly think that there's maybe Rodgers and his receivers are are potentially very good at, uh, at winning them. Um, you know, positions like third and long where they don't fancy their chances, uh, go deep, bump into your cor- uh, corner back and fall over, uh, and you might well get it, even if it only works one time in ten, it can gain you fifty, sixty yards. Um, I think you know that is that is part of any professional game that you 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 work within the rules, but also try and push up against the edge of the rules if you can. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about it, but I, I also think we shouldn't be in the position where one call late in the game wins or loses the game for us. I think, I think we should be in a, in a position where you can give up a touchdown on a, on a dubious uh, uh, play call from the referees, and, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, for me, I, I can't help. I can't help going back to the 2013 NFC Championship game against the Seahawks and some of the terrible calls that we had in, in that game that did actually cost us a, a trip to the Super Bowl. So that that does play on your mind. But again, what, you, what you've just said, Gareth, at the end of the day, even in that game, we should have been out of sight. We, we shouldn't have had to rely on... on oh, I'm saying rely. We, we shouldn't have had to have the excuse of, oh, we, we had some bad calls. We should have been out of sight by then. So I'm, I'm not one for conspiracy theories. I know everybody tracks them up every single year. Well, the NFL wants these two teams in because of X, Y or Z. And to be honest, I don't believe it for a second. Uh, I've heard people really believe themselves when they've given some of these conspiracy theories. Um, I mean, the, the greatest one I heard was, I think it was back in maybe 2014 it was. And it was when Green Bay Packers lost to the Seattle Seahawks. And this one person was adamant that uh, the Packers had thrown the game in the NFC Championship game. He really believed that. And I just thought, no, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't put too much... I don't put too much value into conspiracy theories at all. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. But I will be interested to see how many defensive pass interference flags we get now that I've uh, seen those seen those stats for Aaron Rodgers. So, on to the matchups. I think, once again, another game is going to be determined, as you've already said, in the trenches as we look to the battle between both the O-line and D-lines. I think the big difference from the last game is that both our O-line and D-line is fully healthy this time. So even though we gave them a beatdown last time, we were actually beat up quite badly. So, in theory you would expect a better performance than the last time. What what do you see as the big differences between the game in week 12 and the game on Sunday? I think the the Packers possibly uh, uh, have improved since then. Um, I think some of the stats you went through at the beginning with the, <clears throat> the Packers 17th, 18th, 15th uh, in the league, um, and they're still in the M- NFC Championship game. So they're... Uh, there's something about them that means that they're they're winning games. Perhaps uh, perhaps they shouldn't. Uh, I think they're they're potentially going to be more confident. Uh, I think some guys are are going to be fired up to to want to try and erase the memory of of a game where they were uh, utterly dejected and beaten um, about midway through the third quarter uh, and knew that they they had no chance and could offer no real resistance um, and just wanted to get out of there. Um, I think some of those guys are are clearly going to want to to try and um, you know bookend that performance with one that's much better. So I, I think that they'll be fired up. I, I think it's going to be a um, clearly a, a closer game. Um, it is. We we have got uh, I think a little bit more uh, players back. I think the Packers have potentially got a couple of players back as well. Um, and we've we've said I think everybody said on this podcast many times before you learn more. By losing a game, um, and you know we don't have that. We potentially have that uh, approach of we'll just do what we did last time, 
Whereas the Packers know they've got to do something different. They've got to up their game or they've got to uh, have a completely different strategy uh, to the game. So uh, I think we're going to see see more from the Packers. I think we were all surprised how little they offered uh, in the game in November. Um, and and it's it's NFC Championship. It's it's the sort of game where you know Rogers loves uh, potentially some of their other big name players uh, uh, are going to love being in that game as much as we are, um, and are going to want to uh, uh, want to win it. Obviously, so um, yeah, just looking forward to the game. It's it's so difficult to really say say much more. Yeah, I mean, similar to what Gareth just said, Delhi. The first major difference is it's the NFC Championship game. So whatever happened in week 12 has gone out the window. I definitely think having Quan Alexander and D Ford back will make a difference. And like we said, Aaron Rodgers is the difference maker. So I think we will be prepared for him on Sunday. I'll be interested to see, apart from Adams and Jones, where the Packers are going to see if anyone's going to come in and make a difference. You know, we're going to talk about some key matchups in a moment. They don't seem to have many supporting cast where we've touched upon over the, the season. You know, we've got difference makers on both sides of the ball. I don't think it'll be a blowout, as Nadji seems to believe. I think the Packers will remain competitive on Sunday, but I am confident that we will win. Um, I can't see it coming down the last play of the game. I'm just looking forward to Sunday like everybody else. Yeah, so I would echo both your sentiments there. What we shouldn't rule out is the value that the beatdown had to the Green Bay Packers, to the coaching staff, and I'm sure they'll have come up with an approach that will cause our offence some some issues. Defence, I'm less worried about as the only way I can see us being stopped is if we are complacent. And let's face it, whoever wins on Sunday night, they're going to leave the field knowing they're in the Super Bowl. And I think that should be enough to ensure that everybody has the same intensity as they did in the last game. I think both teams are coming into this. They've had difficult run-ins since, obviously, we beat them. The Packers won out. I think most of their games were decided by one possession. Both teams are feeling confident. Like you said, Ellie, whoever wins leaves the field known they're heading to the Super Bowl. I mean, what more motivation do you need? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you you talked about X factor, uh, as far as uh, the Green Bay Packers are concerned, and where, where we see that X factor coming from. So obviously on on the offense, it's relatively easy to identify that. Um, the the partnership between Aaron Rodgers or the chemistry between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, everybody sees it game in game out. They've seen it for the last few years now. It's absolutely excellent. They've they've just got this perfect chemistry between them, but. The running back, Jones, he's had an excellent season. I think he was ranked fourth overall in the running backs. So we definitely need to stop the run game and make them focus on throwing the ball only. And obviously our D-line is going to stop that with the pass rush. So on the opposite side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers, I think they do have that X factor. And it was an X factor that was unbelievably overlooked for the Pro Bowl. And that's Zadarius Smith. I think... The matchup between Zadarius Smith going up against Joe Staley is probably the number one matchup the offense will need to worry about against Green Bay. Obviously, Joe is still an excellent left back, but he is getting on now and he's not as quick as what he used to be. And Zadarius Smith has had an absolutely excellent season. So it's going to be interesting to see how Staley 
matches up against Darius Smith in Sunday's game. He obviously did it back in November and we did it well, but there was multiple factors involved in that game that maybe aren't going to be there this game. It's a much more important game. Let's forget about week 12. Let's see how they perform on Sunday night. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about it today. I mean, I'm I'm hoping it, it goes very similar to the Vikings game, which is one of the Vikings' strength on defence was the pass rush. You can completely eliminate the pass rush by not passing the ball. Um, and we just were able to build the lead and then run it and run it and run it and eliminated their pass rush. Um, that's potentially the way to to knock the two Smith boys uh, out of the game. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that we can we can do the same thing again uh, and take the pressure off uh, Staley and McGlinchey on the edges um, and just keep pounding it up the middle. Yeah, we talked about Adams earlier. I think we know Mosley is going to start on Sunday. I think he's had a good season. Uh, I think he played well against Adams. I know we keep saying we're not going to look at week 12, but I think Mosley did well against Adams. I think he's going to be coming into Sunday's game full of confidence after Saturday. Uh, you're right about Smith. I think he's registered, what, 13 and a half sacks. Um, he didn't make it the Pro Bowl, which he's been very vocal about. I am confident Staley is playing at a high enough level to to handle that. Like Gareth said, it'd be interesting to see if we go down the same route as we did against the Vikings. We just pound the ball, we take him out of the equation. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think we will do that. I, obviously, I think we're going to run the ball more than that we throw it because we've done that pretty much all season anyway. That's what we build our whole game on, being able to establish the run and then that hopefully opens up the passing game. So it may go down exactly the same route as it did in November, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. Again, it's about the game. It's about the um, it's the stage that they're playing on. It's the NFC Championship. You get to go to the Super Bowl. So I think the Packers will turn up and they'll be a lot better than what they were back in November. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, just look at history. Just because we've uh, given a team a beatdown during the regular season doesn't mean we're going to do exactly the same in the postseason. And, and that's why I think it's, it's going to be an incredibly close game. Maybe let's call it an uncomfortably close game. I, I did have thoughts about where I was going to go with my prediction. Uh, I mentioned it at the end of the last show. Um, I said it wouldn't surprise us if there's only a three-point Three points in it, it comes down to a field goal. But I was going to go with a little bit of a, a bigger gap in, in the uh, prediction. But I've changed my mind again and I'm going with a bold <laughs> prediction as well. But we will get on that when, when we talk about predictions. So there's also been a lot made about Shanahan and Patine in the uh, in, in the press over the, the past few days and their relationship in Cleveland it was a, apparently a, a pretty bad relationship. There was an article that came out today which I haven't had a chance to read and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it because apparently this fractured relationship started off before they, they even worked together in Cleveland. So it'll be interesting to find out what that's all about. But at the moment, I, th- I believe Shanahan has over, won over Patine every single time they've come up against each other since Cleveland. So hopefully that bodes well for us winning this game on Sunday. Touching upon that, Lee, um, I read an article where it says Salah and Lafleur are best of friends. They've come through um, the resistance together, Central Michigan. Um, they've worked together closely at the Texans. 
And I think, again, that relationship, you want to get one over on your friends, don't you? On some Saturday, just gone, you were against your brother. This week, I'm liking those personal relationships off the pitch. I watched the Colin Hurd show last night, yeah. and he had DeForest Buckner on, and he, he was making all the right noises. He was very humble. He was named dropping his colleagues on defence. I like the attitude. I don't think we're approaching this game, you know, beating the drum, same with the number one seed. We're going to blow them out the water. I think we've had that approach each week, and I'm quite excited about that. Do you think there's any other individual matchups that are going to be pivotal to the way the game ends up? Fred Warner versus Aaron Jones. I think Warner did 11 to 12 tackles against him when we played. I think we pretty much shut him down. I'm not sure how you two feel about that, but I think that's going to be a big matchup on Sunday night. Yeah, I think it, it has the potential to be. Um, if uh, he can ever make it past the line of scrimmage, because uh, Dalvin Cook couldn't, uh, he always <laughs> Nick Bosa and Dee Ford in his way. So I think uh, uh, Warner um, and, and Greenlaw were, I don't know, sitting, chatting, having a cup of tea. I'm not quite sure <laughs> the game, because uh, uh, they weren't really called upon to to, to make many many tackles. Um, we were we were just getting to their running back in the backfield time and time again. Uh, if we can do the same, then yeah, we're, we're, you're going to have to force Rodgers to pull something special. Uh, so uh, I think it's more perhaps the D line uh, versus their their running backs than um, than really our linebackers. Um, uh, another matchup I think is is really how we're going to uh, uh, deploy Kittle, um, bring out the Kittle. Uh, is he going to have a, a, a blocking game? Or are we going to target him a couple of times early, um, get the entire Green Bay second, secondary constantly looking for where Kittle is uh, and maybe missing some other people on, on crossing routes and stuff? Uh, I think that Kittle versus the Green Bay Packers uh, is, is probably the other big matchup. Yeah, so one, one matchup. It's not really a direct matchup, but it's one that I'm looking forward to. Now, somebody mentioned earlier on in the group about Aaron Rodgers having the confidence to throw towards Richard Sherman. Mm -hmm. I, I recall a conversation, or I recall an interview, maybe it's a couple of seasons ago, two, three seasons ago, where Aaron Rodgers actually turned around and said, you must be crazy if you're going to throw in his direction. So I kind of think he's probably still thinking that way and he's going to be picking on Mosley quite a lot. However, I do hope he does throw in Sherman's direction a couple of times. <laughs> because Sherman got that interception against the uh, Vikings, which puts him on fourth for the season. And I'm counting the uh, postseason as part of the season as well. So he only needs one more interception to get my bold prediction. <laughs> uh, I knew that was coming, yeah. But uh, that's the first thing I thought of with Sherman's interception uh, on Saturday night. So, Well, I can't believe I forgot to mention it in the last podcast, in the review show. Was... I did try to set you up for it later you did. last night. You did. <laughs> And I completely missed it. Can't believe it. But yeah, it was when I, while I was editing the podcast, I was saying, you know what? Sherman's got four out of five interceptions now. He only needs one more. Let's hope he gets that Sunday night. Let's hope he gets it quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so under predictions, the over-under is 45, and the 49ers are seven-point favourites. So I'm going to go last. And I'll let you two go first. So let, let's have yours first, Paul. I believe it'll be San Francisco 27, Green Bay 14. 
that's my prediction for Sunday's score. 27-14. So that's under, but you've got 49ers winning. Gareth? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be uh, uh, under. I think we'll win uh, 23-17. Right. Yeah. Do either one of you have any bold predictions for the game? I I think that the um, uh, Packers won't be able to run for more than 60 yards. With their running I, my bold prediction is we're going to get five or more sacks on Sunday night. I was going to say that as well. <laughs> yeah, is, is that a bold prediction though? I mean, we, we did not pound them back in November. So I'm going to go for a ridiculously bold, bold prediction. <laughs> well, I, I, would you call it a bold prediction? It's like more of a premonition than a bold prediction. So I'm actually going to go over, over the 45, but I'm going to go a lot closer than either one of you have gone. So I think the 49ers are going to win. And I think the score is going to be 28 26. Now, my bold prediction slash premonition is I think the Packers will have to come back late in the fourth quarter and they're going to have to go for a two-point conversion. And I think they're going to fail on that two-point conversion, which is going to hand the game to the 49ers. So, as I said, it's probably not classed as a bold prediction. It's more of a premonition. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I'm going to go with. See if that comes true. If it does... Just send us a text, and I'll give you six lottery numbers. <laughs> I'll be I'll be happy if that prediction comes. With. And any any sort of win, I do not care. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was you're about not wrong to echo there. that, Gareth. And, and as long as we win on Sunday, I think we said that heading into the game against the Vikings. I think we're in for a bit of an emotional roller coaster, as always with the 49ers this season. But as long as we win, I'll be happy. Yeah, I mean, for all I care, we can win two 0 with the safety. Yeah. A good old football score. That would be a bold prediction. <laughs> that would be a bold prediction. That would be. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, Paul, Gareth, thank you for joining me on the show. I hope Thanks. we all enjoy the game and hopefully this will set up the Super Bowl meetup very nicely indeed. Mm-hmm. Thanks again to you guys, the listeners, who make this worthwhile. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Affair for UK. Until Monday, when hopefully we will be looking forward to our seventh Super Bowl appearance. Go Niners. Go Niners. Deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurts, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget.